Hello, and thanks for tuning in to our fifth and final episode of this season of FinTech for the People. FinTech for the People has been brought to you by Axion Venture Lab, a global early stage investor in inclusive FinTech startups. As always, I'm your host, Ami Parbu. On this podcast, we've showcased the founders of five fintech companies that are finding new and innovative ways to reach underserved populations. We've learned about their paths to become founders, the types of products that they offer, and the challenges their companies have faced along the way. Last week, we spoke with Jihan Abbas, CEO of Lamy, about how any business can utilize their API to develop and sell insurance tailored to their customers' needs. We'll head over to Latin America today and hear from Luz Borhart, co-founder and vice president of marketing at Henry. Henry is expanding access to high-quality technical education and improving the long-term earning potential of its students by offering virtual coding courses for no upfront fee. The company does this by utilizing income share agreements, or ISAs. Welcome to the show, Luz. Thanks for having me. I'd love to start off by chatting a bit about what led you to building Henry. Uh, could you tell us more about your background and what got you interested in entrepreneurship? Yep, great. I was born in Buenos Aires, Argentina. I'm the youngest in my family. I have four older brothers. And ever since I have a memory, I'm passionate about building the world and, and like building a better place in this world, about education. And I started my career in the, in the tech area and realized that technology is a vehicle for driving change. And that's where I, I thought that, yeah, the only way for the way for working was, you know, working in, in, in entrepreneurship and, and being a, an entrepreneur and trying to kind of solve different problems of the, the region, which is Latin America, the region I'm in. It's great to hear about your path into tech and into entrepreneurship. Maybe you can tell us about what inspired you specifically to start a business in the ed tech space. And maybe you can share a bit more about what Henry does. Great. So um, Henry is a remote coding school in Latin America that invests in people's education. We train software developers for free and help them find a job in exchange for a share of their future income. And Henry was founded to challenge the status quo of education in Latin America. And we aim to give access to anyone who's willing to participate in its intense curriculum. We believe that while potentially is evenly distributed across society, opportunity is not. And our mission is to accelerate LATAM's transition to a more equal society by connecting people with high-paying jobs. So, and what made me um, enter the ed tech is that um, in a region with the highest inequality rates, in LATAM, we have eight out of the 10 most unequal countries in the world. We believe that providing access to high quality education is the only way to drive inclusion and social mobility. And in our, in our model, we have embedded financial services um, into our education products to make it accessible to, to more people. Students enroll in the program at no cost, at zero upfront cost. And until they've completed the program and secured a job, that's when they start paying back. I love this mission of Henry's to accelerate, as you said, Latin America's transition to a more equal society by connecting people to high quality jobs. I'm curious if you could draw the link between that and why technical education in, in particular and in, in coding. In Latin America, there is a lack of qualified talent uh, to meet the market demand. 
um, this this problem also it's like worldwide, but there is a skills gap in technology. In 2020, there were more than 1 million tech jobs openings in Latin America, but less than 100K professionals with the training necessary to fill those roles. And the estimations for 2025 say that there will be more than 10 million um, new technology jobs in Latin America, such as software development, cloud, data roles, data analysis, machine learning, AI, cybersecurity, among others. You know, we, we do not have um, the, the people ready to start that role, those roles. That's why we, we are you know, focusing on tech careers because we know there is a huge opportunity and there is a, a huge uh, skills gap in technology in a region which is actually, you know, with highest inequality rates. So this could be also an opportunity for people to access to these kind of jobs and have a better life, right? So what, what sort of barriers are preventing prospective students from accessing those opportunities? Like you said, there, you know, there's a boom in tech, a lot of jobs out there, but so few qualified people. Why, why is that? So actually, um, today, there, there's like universities degrees are often long and outdated. Like in IT, technology changes very fast and university programs don't keep up with these changes in current com- and the current company needs. And also, sometimes it's, it's really expensive, right, to get into these universities and not everybody can, can access to high-quality education. And that's why in Henry, uh, we have a first-level curriculum validated with industry experts. So we designed our curricula with the people who are actually having these job openings. And we teach the most demanded technologies in the market, but also with a zero upfront cost model, right? Like giving everyone access and in an online and remote model, which also gives access to everyone, no matter where you are. If you have a computer and Wi-Fi, can access to this, to the course. And these are uh, far shorter courses than if you were to go to a university and study, right? Maybe you could speak to exactly how the program's structured. So we have a full-stack web development career with an online full-time or part-time approach. Students attend classes with instructors and code with people all over in Latin America. We have more than 800 hours of programming based on real practices and projects. And our program lasts in between four to five months. So it's an intensive career. And we are also having um, this, um, our part-time format, which is seven months long, which actually is for people who are already working, but want to do a, a reshifting of their, of their skills and of their career. Maybe we could turn to those students. I'd love to understand more about what do you look for uh, in the students that you admit? Why are they choosing to pursue a career change in the first place in, in your experience and, and beyond teaching the necessary technical skills, which are obviously so critical for, for these jobs? How do you help them achieve that goal? Yeah, so actually the students choose Henry because they want a better life quality. They want more freedom in terms of financially speaking. So you have people looking to join Henry kind of to make a a change 180% of its life and to get into its first job, first formal job in the region and, you know, access to a better quality of life. And then you have students which actually choose Henry in order to kind of do a, a reskilling of their actual skills. 
And what we look in the students is their potential in the, in our admission process is their potential in order to learn quickly. So we're actually trying to understand the potential of the people. We're right now having 25K leads a month. And we try to invest, you know, in most of them, but, but, but we also have to go through a process of, of a prep course and a Henry challenge, which is actually a test of basic concepts of JavaScript. So we actually want to invest in people, which they already have some, you know, snapshot of what, of what, um, code is and the coding experience that they will have in Henry in order to detect not only if they're potentially prepared to do, um, Henry, but also if they, want to to do their, their career in, in coding. So you have people who are making a complete career change or starting their first career alongside students who are already in the field and just want to build up their skills? Yeah, that we have, you know, students which come from completely different skills, uh, yeah, backgrounds. Um, we have psychologists and um, people who are visual designers, engineers also, but like from, I don't know, biomedical or mechanical engineers. And then we have people who do not have, you know, a professional career um, and people who, yeah, who never studied because they had to, you know, go to work from day one. So actually our, our background is super diverse. The student profile is super diverse. The only thing they have in common is the, the passion for learning and their passion for having a, a better quality of life. And they understand, you know, that technology is is a way, is a path in order to get to and reach their goals. And, and and just to the other end of the spectrum, as as you think about job placements and the employers that you work with, you know, how does Henry leverage the transition to remote work to better provide, you know, these possible opportunities for its students? Yeah. So actually. Students are, are landing in, in jobs which pay um, on average 4x more. So they're actually, we have 96% of our uh, job placement rate. So from the students that graduate in the 96%, they get in a job and they get in a, in a high paying job. So we try to help the students reach their potential throughout the, the career, but also we have a, a strong focus on the job preparation side in order to land in these jobs in our, the more, you know, soft possible way. So our, our career is super focused not only into a practical model, like in, in the practical space, but also in a more, you know, trying to boost soft skills in order to get into a job and, and super, you know, productive from day one. We are actually speaking with companies, you know, 24-7 and understanding which are their needs, how many people they need. So trying to, to, you know, get into those conversations and kind of sourcing candidates of Henry and building a bridge in between, you know, Henry's, as we call our students, and the company's needs in order to get them, uh, you know, and, and bring them talent on board. Um, because we know that, you know, they're suffering the the, the talent shortage we're having and we have the people who are prepared um, to get to those roles. So we are, you know, in constant conversation and working together shoulder by shoulder and super, you know, mission driven in that sense in order for the students to have their first job in technology. 
And you know, that that feedback came back uh, in our diligence, even when we were first looking to invest in Henry, and we talked to some of your employer partners, you know, they all said uh, that the, you know, the technical skills of Henry's were fantastic, but it was also these softer skills, you know, the clear training around working in a group and, you know, managing time and things like that, that becomes so critical, especially in a remote work setting these days. And so I'm curious with the remote work, why is it that LATAM in particular is so well positioned to capitalize on this trend? Yeah, because actually we're in, in the same time zone. So that is super, you know, highly valuable for them. Also, Henry's in, in most of the cases speak fluent English. And also the most, you know, valuable things by companies in the USA is that they can, you know, hire people at a third of the cost, right? So hiring a software engineer in the US, like a junior software engineer, it's much more expensive than hiring someone in LATAM, right? And it's a win-win for, for the Henry or for the people which is in LATAM because, you know, earning in dollars in regions where we have, you know, local currencies, it's one of the biggest, you know, things that somebody can aim for. So I think that these three main characteristics of our business make super attractive um, our candidates for U.S. companies. And, and, you know, many are saying we're in the midst of this great reshuffle where lots of employees are sort of reconsidering career paths and taking advantage of the hot job market. And I think you're seeing that among your Henrys as well. What are you seeing and what advice would you have for startup founders and companies out there, how they can better attract and retain developers? Yeah, that's that's a great question. I think that the way to attract developers is not only, you know, thinking about the, the benefits um, behind the salary, but also the, the possibility of, you know, having a great work-life balance and, you know, like being part of companies which are rewriting the future in terms of being super impactful. So mission-driven companies, I think that um, today, not only developers, but also people in the, in the techni technical areas are also looking for belonging to companies which which really strong missions, right? I think that, you know, to retain um, this kind of employees is super important to have a really clear mission to try to make a positive, you know, a positive impact in the world. And obviously working with a work-life balance and with, if you're a remote company with great, you know, remote best practices and in a friendly environment with a really nice culture, you know, it's a really <laughs> big set of things. But I think that, you know, companies must make a shift into this path because it's the only way not only to retain talent, but also, in my opinion, to grow and become a unicorn. So, yeah, I think that it's a set of things, but super based not only in the salary and in the attraction of, uh, of the economic offer, but also in, in all the things that, that come around that, right? Absolutely. It's the full package there. That's critical. And maybe taking a step back, actually, what, what sort of company partners, employer partners does Henry work with? And, and have those relationships changed any over time? So we actually work with partners which are really different. I mean, we work from, you know, startups, which already hired us to Henry's, but startups like all through Latin America and all over Europe and the U.S., but also working with, you know, big companies and unicorns all over 
the the, the globe. So we we worked with big companies such as J.P. Morgan, Accenture, Mercado Libre, Rappi, um, which are big companies, and also you know startups which are you know giving their first steps. So actually, and this didn't change over over time. We are actually trying to understand, obviously, which is the, the sweet spot or where is like the best, um, where is the place where we have, you know, more demand in terms of companies. But the thing is that as everyone is looking for talent, actually, everyone is coming to us. And, and then it's a question of the student, right, where they want to work. So what we do is that we have super, you know, the partnership develop, d- develop the partnership in terms of Sometimes we ask, you know, the startup founders to come to the community and to give talks and like how to work on a startup in technology. And then, you know, big companies, big firms coming to Henry also to give this kind of talks for like the students, not only to learn the technical skills, but also start understanding how is to, you know, work in a big firm. So actually today our partners come from like super diverse backgrounds and like are in different sizes, like all company sizes and also super diverse industries. We have like from fintech to agrotech to, you know, really, really, really diverse um, backgrounds. Which is, I'm sure, incredibly exciting for your students to have that kind of mix of employers to be thinking about as they finish up your courses. Henry is clearly evolving every day as you are onboarding more students, you know, building new employer partnerships, launching in new new countries. You're now uh, attracting students in Mexico, Colombia, Argentina, and expanding the products. So what's next on the roadmap? And Luz, how do you think about the kind of long-term vision for Henry? Yeah, so we want to get to every corner of Latin America with our mission. We want to solve the, the educational problem in Latin America. We want a more equal society. So I see Henry not only growing in terms of different markets all over Latin America, but also um, in terms of different products and careers. So we want to reach like every tech career which has a demand. Um, so, you know, releasing different programs. We actually have right now the full stack um, development career, but um, we are thinking in releasing different careers which have this um, high demand. And yeah, we want to be where the demand is and trying to help people to, you know, um, unders- like get to reach their potential and companies to meet their demand in terms of the, the technical skills they need. So building this bridge and also like this is a personal objective um, inside Henry. I want kind of to build this more inclusive uh, environment in, in companies. So attracting more women into the space. I have a vision that it's like the products of today and the future have to be built by everyone. Everyone has to be represented at the table and at the discussion when designing a product. So yeah, working on on removing barriers and stereotypes and fostering an inclusive community, that's kind of a personal goal and uh, to, to kind of bring opportunities for every woman in Latin America to find, you know, a different path in technology and, you know, boost their, their potential. And you're off to a great start on that. Maybe you could share some of the the stats as it is today of women through, that have gone through the program uh, versus, you know, some of the traditional universities and other programs out there. Yeah. So actually, today we have 25% of women on average being part of the students. And Henry, we want to improve that number. Yeah. But in comparison with other academies and universities, this number is at 10%. 
So we are actually in a good place, but it is not enough. Um, we are in the first, you know, page of this huge challenge. And what, when it comes to our staff, like to Henry's staff, we are 50% women. So that is, that is a great stat. And yeah, so my, my objective is to kind of moving the needle and push forward in order to get to a place of 50-50 or even more than 50. Maybe it can take some time, but, but it's, it's great to give like Latin American women this opportunity of joining a career path, which has a lot of opportunities. Well, sticking with that in the uh, same realm of creating more inclusive ecosystems, the last question for you, Luce, but 2021 was a banner year in terms of venture capital dollars deployed, but the percentage of those funds going to women-led startups has remained quite low um, and pretty stagnant. So any advice you have, I mean, maybe starting with investors and then going to other women entrepreneurs out there, but what can we do as an industry to better improve access to capital for women founders? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. I think it, one side of the mountain we have to climb is like having more VCs and managing, managing partners, which are women, because I know that that number is really low. So it's important to have women in those roles in order to invest in other women's, right? And for me, there is a cascade effect. Because once you invest in more women, more women which see those women and their startups being invested, they, you know, see the example and attracts them to kind of start their own companies, starting from uh, BCs. And also for women who are out there and like trying to know if they want to get into entrepreneurship or no, my advice is to do it, to start to find a problem. There's a lot of problems in Latin America, which really are super important for us to kind of, you know, improve as a society and as a region. So find a problem you are passionate about, investigate it in depth, prototype a solution, talk to many people as possible to validate their idea and execute and begin. You know, the show begins and don't, don't start when, whenever you think that your product is perfect, that it's better done than perfect, you know, like start working on the idea and validating the idea and then, you know, reshaping and iterating and they're like, yeah, the show begins. But I would say like go out into the market and start prototyping and talking to users and start, you know, moving your, your idea like finding their voice also in this conversation and this tech space that it's super hot in this moment. So I think that we need to kind of work in, in those things. In one side, like encouraging women to get to, to, to find a problem and to start, you know, trying to find solutions. And in the other side, in the whole, you know, ecosystem from VCs to founders, start, you know, increasing these numbers in order to generate this cascade effect. Great advice for both sides. A lot of work to be done, but uh, I think it's really encouraging to have, you know, successful entrepreneurs like yourself out there as, as role models. Thank you, Luz, for this conversation. Uh, it's been really inspiring to hear more about Henry and the work that you all are doing in your mission working across Latin America. So thanks for the time. Thank you for inviting me. It was a pleasure. Thank you to all of our listeners for tuning into the inaugural season of FinTech for the People. I hope you've enjoyed listening to the founders over the past five weeks. From Brazil, India, Kenya, Argentina, and the US, these are some of the incredible innovators we're seeing shaping how FinTech touches the lives of people around the world. 
For us at Axion Venture Lab, taking a gender-inclusive approach to sourcing, investing, and managing our portfolio is critical to achieving the financial and impact outcomes that we strive for. We hope that continuing to bring more awareness to women founders who are disrupting financial services can play a small role in spurring a more equitable venture ecosystem and a more prosperous world. Be sure to look out for season two of FinTech for the People, which is coming soon. We'll be discussing how embedded financial services are driving inclusion for the 130 million small businesses in emerging markets. In the meantime, please feel free to reach out on Twitter or LinkedIn. We'd love to continue the conversation.